0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. All
1: right, Barrett Saleh is with us from Sports.com. We should probably get Barrett in an open at some point. He's been coming on this for like 10 years. It's probably about that time. What do you think, Barrett?
0: All right. Um, it's been a while, guys. I mean, I've aged quite a bit. I've lost a lot of hair. I've given up on losing hair. So, like, it's, there's still a lot going
1: on. Well, that's okay. We will we'll, uh, we can use uh, old photos of you, first of all, and you still sound good, so that's all that really matters to us. It's radio, so we're fine. Although we are becoming a visual medium, now we're streaming our shows live thanks to the work of one John Neighbors. This is probably the greatest contribution he's made to the buzz. He has uh, got us up on YouTube, and we're on all the social media platforms with our video of our show. Because, I mean, what's more compelling than watching three idiots talk on the radio?
0: I'm surprised John Neighbors is able to function as an adult. So the fact that he got you streaming is like that blows my mind.
1: Yeah, he's only stunted when it comes to emotions and uh, carrying on a relationship with a female. <laughs> Prof- professionally, he's doing fine. Well,
0: those are two critical parts of being being an adult, though.
1: Yeah, but you know what? Look, somebody's got to die old and alone. You know what I mean, Barrett? And it ain't gonna be you. So he'll have to take That's his take his uh, take one for the team there. Uh, okay, I was telling the guys about this ACC story, I don't know if you saw this or not, about them uh, going, hey, this whole revenue-sharing thing's cool, but the big dogs should maybe get a bigger chunk of the meat. And so the interesting stat was 18 ACC games last year had more than 3 million viewers. Only one of those games did not involve either Clemson or Florida State. So there's discussion at their SEC, or their uh, ACC meetings this week about giving an extra $10 million or so in revenue to Florida State, I assume, and Clemson, I assume. Uh, Christian made a great point about basketball. What about Duke and North Carolina and the perennial powers in basketball? Aren't they bringing a little extra to the table because of the NCAA tournament money? But uh, football kind of drives the conversation, it sounds
0: like, at the meeting this week. Well, yeah. Football, I mean, even if Duke and North Carolina are pulling in, you know, a t- money, a ton of money, relatively speaking, to other basketball programs, it still pairs in comparison, tails in comparison to what other teams are bringing in in football. So, but it's kind of like the reverse big club, right? I mean, we're old enough to remember. Back, I guess it was 2010 or 11 when we had the real thought of a Pac 16 mm. with Texas, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I think it was Texas Tech and somebody else all going to the Pac Pac 12 uh, or Pac 10, I guess at the time, because they were sick of being um, because they they wanted to get more money and a lot of the discord that was sown in the Big 12 came from three of those teams, Oklahoma, Texas, and I think it was Oklahoma State. No, it was Texas AM and getting a disproportionate share of the money. Well, the ACC is trying to go backwards and do that exact same thing, and I just I don't, I don't know how that's going to work. If, if you're that upset about the the TV deal that you locked in, that's kind of your own fault. And, you know, coming back now and complaining – that, you know, you're locked in for another, what, 14 years or whatever it is? Well, go back, you know, that blame yourselves for that. So if if that happens and there's a disproportionate amount of money going to Clemson, Florida State, or whoever else, uh, that's going to do far more damage than it will help. Um, and maybe, like, the I was thinking about it, maybe the grand scheme of things, maybe what they're planning on doing, is making more money for the next, what, five, six years so that when they do leave, if they do leave, but we all think of it as when they do leave, they have a little bit of an insurance policy in terms of revenue generated so they don't have to, like, take a massive short-term loss to realize a long-term game in the Big Ten or the
2: SEC. Would this ever fly in the SEC? No,
0: no. There would be zero chance of it. The SEC doesn't even have a, an exit fee. So, no, if this were to happen in the SEC, um, whoever brought it to the attention of the other teams would get laughed out of the room. And maybe something even worse than that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, understandable. Um, there's also discussions, I guess, out in the Pac-12 about some um, access enhancement. Some people are bothered by in-game interviews, things of that nature, but it looks like the Pac-12 is trying to go the other direction, maybe largely to capitalize on guys like Lincoln Riley and Deion Sanders mm. for their interview, yeah. uh, I guess, uh, draw for their fan base. Yeah,
0: I doubt it's Lincoln Riley, because Lincoln Riley is essentially Nick Saban, but 40 years younger, <laughs> um, although he tries to portray himself differently, uh, but it's 100% Deion. Like, that—that that is 100% a driving force behind this. But, you know, the, the announcement that uh, the, the different uh, things that they announced today as part of this enhanced viewer experience, you know, I think are are fine. It's stuff that the XFL does. It's stuff that the AAS does. It's stuff that the USFL does, which is fine. You know, micing up more players pregame—that's awesome. That that'd be a lot of fun for us to see. More more access for uh, handheld cameras, which would mean you know cameras on the bench. You know, interview. You know how like in the XFL where they, you know, they see players on the bench. That's that's what one of these things is. And okay. I'm fine with that. You know, I think it's, it's a little bit of a step into the right direction. It's a lot of what people have have enjoyed about these alternative spring leagues. So, you know, the Big 12 is going to do the exact same thing. I think they'll announce it next week when they have their spring meeting. So, you know, it's any way to make the viewer experience better is, is fine by me because so many people have drifted away from – going to games in person in favor of, you know, the 70-inch flat screen and the 11-step commute to the, to the bathroom, right? So if you have more people doing that, you have to make it as enjoyable as possible and give more reasons to tune in. And the back 12 done a, a pretty good job of that. And I think they're, you know, this is still sort of a diet version. I wouldn't be surprised, um, you know, next year next off season, if they try to expand upon this, because there's no reason not to. The technology exists.
2: Isn't it a little crazy, though, It's the Pac-12 doing this, where they have a hard enough time, as it is, getting fans to go to the game, but yet they're trying to make it even better on TV to where they won't go to the games and I mean, you know, we had a conversation with Hunter Yercheck not too long ago, and he said that's one of my biggest challenges: trying to get people to leave their flat screen, to leave their living room, to come to the stadium and watch the game. But yet, here they are trying to make the game even better to watch on TV.
0: Well, they've given right, like they've given like that, and that's fine. Honestly, I think that's probably a better move, um, you know, for the Pac-12 because they're not going to win the fight. Right, like hmm. if you're a Pac-12 program and you're already struggling to bring people to games. You've already lost that fight because it's not going to get better. The fan experience is not going to get better at stadiums. They're going to try to make it better, but it's just not going to be successful, especially considering the viewer experience at home can be enhanced so much more than it already is. So, I mean, yeah, it's one thing in the SEC to try to get people on campus because they still want to go, right? Like there's still a desire for that. A Stanford fan across the country, they're not going to travel to Stanford to watch a game. You know, a USC fan, you know, there's already so much in L.A. to, to go enjoy. You know, yeah, you're going to get the Caleb Williams bump or the, the Lincoln-Riley mm-hmm. bump, but you're still not going to sell the place out. Right. So I just think, yeah, I mean, it, have they given up? Yeah. And, and honestly, I think for the Pac-12 especially, that's the right thing to do because they're only going to survive if they get a really, really good TV deal. So, why not make the TV deal as attractive as possible?
1: Talking to Barrett Sleeve from CBSports.com on the brand of moving and storage hotline. We had a discussion yesterday and was quoting, uh, we saw a couple different lists um, about SEC and national quarterbacks. And one of the lists had uh, KJ Jefferson atop the heap in the SEC, but another had LSU's quarterback ahead of him in the top 10 overall quarterbacks. And, and KJ was not in the top 10 nationally for quarterbacks, and it was led by Caleb Williams, as expected. Um, who are who is, who is the top quarterback in the SEC, in your opinion, returning?
0: I've kind of gone back and forth with, with Jaden and KJ. And I'm not trying to dodge the question, but I would probably land on Jaden right now just because you saw so much more promise the last two months of the season, right? Like, I think we've seen KJ. We know what he can do. He's awesome, right? The feeling is, is what it is. I mean, he, he's a very, very good quarterback. Jaden Daniels, I think if if he can progress as a as a passer, which I think he can, he's got you know Heisman caliber uh, talent. So I think it's probably Jaden Daniels, just because we saw a glimpse of how good he can be through the air late, and I think they can expand upon that, build upon that. Uh, whereas KJ Jefferson, I mean, the dude's a monster. We know that, um, but I don't think the the room for improvement is as big as it is for Jaden Daniels and that's not a, a criticism of KJ Jefferson it's a compliment to Jaden Daniels
2: I think the only question would be in my mind Dan Enos what kind of impact could he make on True. KJ becoming a better quarterback and then year two uh down in LSU with with chip with uh, uh Kelly that Brian Brian Kelly that I mean, he Or Chip. Is, Chip would do a good job, <laughs> Chip too. would do. Would also. Uh, how much growth will he have in year two? Because you saw the growth in year one as the season went along. Yeah. He got better and better and better. Yeah, well,
0: those are rich man problems, right? If we're yeah. sitting here debating over who's better, K.J. Jefferson or Jaden Daniels, I mean, how many coaches in the SEC would take any one, either one of those guys right now?
1: Most of them. Oh, yeah. Pretty much
0: everybody. 10. You know? hmm
1: um, my buddy says, uh, "Pack Pack Game uh, attendance." I think I have a good idea, but you have to hear me out on this. How about better football? Yeah, that's an idea too. I mean, there are some pretty <laughs> helpful. That would be helpful. helpful yes, yeah. they do have a couple of really good, fun to watch quarterbacks in that league this yeah. year. Actually, three of them. Because a we, lot we didn't a talk about lot. Washington's quarterback yeah, either. Phoenix. Yeah, we talked about him yesterday, but Cam Rising is my favorite guy to watch out there. Barrett, I had money on uh, USC on a futures wager to win the league. And when uh, Utah beat them, I was almost like not even that pissed because Cam Rising was so much fun to watch and they, yeah. as they beat them.
0: Cam yeah. Rising's awesome. Bo, uh, obviously Caleb, uh, Michael Penix. I mean, there, there's a, there are a lot of good quarterbacks out there. And if DJ Uyunglele comes through, you add him into the mix. Mm. I mean, it's, it's – it, it, I, I always tell people, I'm like, yeah, the back pac been miserable, and, <laughs> and I get it, and it, the criticisms are warranted. And it might not have that top-end team this year – it's going to have a bunch of really good teams.
1: The problem is when the games that are on that I would want to watch, uh, I'm usually seeing double by then, so it's hard to really concentrate on the game. Well, and remember. They, also
0: put, they keep putting good ones on the Pac-12 network, too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you guys have you know, some really good players. Like Michael Penix, people want to watch. Stop putting him at 10 o'clock on the Pac-12 network. Right.
1: Last thing here, the most important thing we're going to talk about today, Barrett, are one of our questions of the day today, uh, who would win in a fight between a silverback gorilla and a grizzly bear, in your opinion?
0: Silverback gorilla because they're smarter. Um, they can. They're more. Ta- they're they're tacticians. Uh, a grizzly bear would just try to go in hot, like just go in and and just you know uh, guns ablazing. I think the gorilla would have a little bit more uh, strategy and and thus probably win the fight.
1: So the the gorilla could like sweep the leg of the grizzly, just trip Pro- him up. Correct. The thing is, again, as I said earlier, I'm not a professional, uh, I've not studied the tactics of a gorilla in a fight. Because most of the matchups I see with a gorilla, it's either with another gorilla or it's against an animal that has no chance. The only way the gorilla can win, I think, is if he somehow gets behind the grizzly and chokes him out or pops his head off. Uh, I don't know, I've never seen a gorilla try to fight from behind, as I said earlier, or do anything else from behind. I don't know how how they do anything, but... It, I've never seen that move before. He seems like a face-up guy, you know what I mean? He doesn't seem like a guy that – it's like a guy that doesn't want to play with his back to the basket. I can't see a gorilla getting tricky like that. But if he was smart enough to do it, or if he, you know, went up a tree and jumped down the grizzly maybe, but, of course, grizzlies can climb trees too. I just don't – if you get in close proximity with the claws and the teeth and all the de- – like, I just don't know how the gorilla wins, man. Well,
0: I mean, I think that the speed and agility – Part of this needs to come into play, right? Because grizzly bears are big, they're nasty, they're they're you know obviously like you said, powerful. Yeah. I feel like a gorilla would have a little bit more um more flexibility. Sure. I think it would be more. I think it would have uh, better feet skills. I think it would be okay. light on feet, like a uh, like a wide receiver, so to speak. Give me that. Bit, maybe like a tight end. Maybe like Brock Bauer.
1: I'll give you this best case scenario for the for the gorilla. He sticks and moves, and he wins on the scorecards. I think that's the only way he wins. He's got to win in a decision. I don't think he win by knockout.
0: See, I, think, I feel if you avoid a couple punches, if the gorilla avoids a couple punches, the gri- the, the grizzly might fall down.
1: Tire himself then, out.
0: Like, you said, like, an, like an MMA fighter, you can, he can choke the, gorilla, uh, the, the grizzly out.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's what it would probably take. I like that. There There is a path to victory for the gorilla. You're going to need to get in the corner for that gorilla, though, I think, Barrett. I don't think he's winning on his own.
0: I don't know, man. I'd love to see it. I would, Paper too. View. Let's make it happen. I think it'd or, be great. you know what? Make it part of the fan experience
2: at Stanford.
1: <laughs> Couldn't hurt. Halftime. If you do that at halftime, it would definitely pack the seats for sure. I would go. Although like, you, can't, would go. you can't do it at Stanford because there's too Libby out there, mm. and they'd be freaking out. PETA would have the, the, the entrances all blocked off, ruining well, our good that's time. True. Of that's true. That's true. All right, buddy, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, go Braves. We'll talk to you later. Go Braves. Yeah. All right. Barrett Salih from CBSSports.com.